What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Deconstructing. I am one of your lovely hosts, Curtis Cooper, and I am joined by the fetching Delaney Harris. Hey, guys. Ooh, fetching. I like it. Del, how are you today? I am doing so well. It's raining outside, which is my vibe. I love the rain. So I'm doing really well. How are you? Ooh, you're one of those chill, lo-fi, study beat vibes kind of people. I am. Yes. Cup of coffee, some rain, a good book. Good. <laughs> I love I love that the only word you ever like use a New York accent for is coffee. Coffee. Isn't that funny? Like, where is my <laughs> accent from? I have no idea. Like you've said coffee that way for as long as I've known. And the thing is, like, if I think about it, I can say it normal, but I have to, like, think about it. It's not like it comes natural. I don't know where it comes from, though. I wasn't raised in is New it, York. <laughs> I have no it, idea. Well, I mean, you do have family in the Northeast, though. I do. Yes, I do. Do they say it like that? They, some of them do. Some of them don't. Um, the ones, so I do actually have family in New York, and they say it like that. And Ooh, so my mom go. says it like that. She says coffee, so... <laughs> Maybe that's where it's from. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I think it's incredible because you 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 don't say it as like a funny bit. It's just the way you say it. It's just the way I say it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But how are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty dang good. I am on December break. Are you on break yet? Not or do you have yet. Finals? Next week I got finals. Nice. Yeah. Well, when people listen to this in like late January, they'll be like, "Huh, little little detached from that, guys." A little detachment, just a month behind. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we'll release them, but we want to release them. So uh, exactly. screw you. In order, out of order, any order, all over the place. I love it. Eventually, you'll get all of them. <laughs> eventually, eventually. So Dell, we are back to religious slash philosophy conversation this week. Ooh, I'm excited about this week's topic. It's one of my favorite things to like, just like shoot the breeze about. Oh, there will be lots of shooting breezes in this episode. <laughs> because as, as we discussed, like before we started recording, um, we're kind of we're going to kind of develop our opinions as we go. Yes, we are. We are. And kind of deconstruct in real time. Oh, it's going to be like a live deconstruction kind of an episode. Yes, except it will be recorded and very much not live. <laughs> very much not live. <laughs> right. <laughs> but for me and you, it'll be live. For me and you, it'll be live. Yes. Real time. Okay. So, Del, we're talking about our current thoughts on the afterlife today. Okay. And I think it's hard to talk about the afterlife without talking about what we personally think about the relationship of, like, the non-physical soul to the afterlife. So, just to recap our thoughts on that, Del, well, first, first question is, do you believe in a non-physical soul? I do. I believe that the soul is separate from the body. Um, I think it dwells within the body, but it can also travel. And so I don't think it is tied to the physical body we know as you and I. Mm -hmm. And we, there is biblical basis for this because in the Bible, it's kind of referenced to as the breath of God. Right. And kind of like the life force of human beings. And growing up as a Seventh-day Adventist evangelical, um, we were always taught that like that breath is not our consciousness. It's more of our life force. Mm. But I think um, a good counter argument to that is the Bible's not specific about what the breath actually is. That's true. It really isn't. Um, so the question then is, Del, do you think it makes more sense for the breath um, in the Bible to be like our conscious being and who we are or kind of just what kind of brings us to life. I think the breath that's spoken about in the Bible, I don't think it's either, which might trip you out for a second. I'm oh, sorry. Oh man. <laughs> I Please know. explain. I think the breath of life is or the breath that is speaking of in the Bible is the godliness that was breathed into us. Okay. So I think that it's possible for a soul to be without that godliness to not possess it but i think it's also like that's like a very like extreme place to be i think most souls have an essence of that godliness i don't think that we are god i'm not saying that i believe because yeah. there are some people who believe that god i can't remember what it's called but where god is like in everything oh um, you mean poly, uh, polytheism 
polytheism. Or yes. No, it, it, I don't think that's it, it. That's just the, multiple gods. That's multiple gods because poly is many. Oh, um, should we, it's just the P though, oh, right? Oh, it's pantheism. Pantheism. Yep, yeah. God, because it, it means God in all. Right. Because pan, pan means all, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Look at us being smarties. <laughs> we graduated from college. No. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm not pantheistic, but I do think that um, that there is a piece of God in us all. Not, not that we are God, but there's a piece of God in us. And I think that that is what the breath of God is. But that is not what the soul is. I mean, mm-hmm. as we talked about in the sin episode, like mm-hmm. we both like firmly believe that that um, image of God we're made in is not physical. It's spiritual. Right. So are you kind of saying that like when the Bible says we are made in the image of God, that image is reflected in the breath that inhabits us? Yes, exactly. Okay. That's cool. I like that. I like that interpretation a lot. Thank you. Now the soul I think is a separate thing. And, um, but that's just uh, my take on it. What, what, what do you think? Um, so I think what I currently think is that, um, so in psychology, there's what's called the mind body problem that Mm -hmm. you've heard a million times, but the audience might not have. And the mind body problem is basically that, um, no one is for sure how the mind actually works. Like the idea of our consciousness, right? Like, is our consciousness just based around physical processes firing in the brain? Or is there some kind of extra element to that, like mind, that conscious mind that exists outside of our physical bodies? Okay. And I think that that's, in essence, science not being able to to figure out how the soul works. Because I think... I do think that one's consciousness and their soul are one and the same. Okay. Um, And I'll go a step further and say, I think the breath is probably, I think that the breath of God is one component of the soul. I don't think it's the entire soul. I think that almost the breath of God is what powers the soul and kind of like, injects the ability to think but i think that obviously god doesn't control our conscious minds so he just kind of or they just kind of provide a energy source for the soul okay and so then um i think this is all energy right um to put it in more of like a sciencey term um i don't think the mind is just like this nebulous supernatural thing that like can't be described by anything i just think it's more of an unseen not detectable by our current technology energy that gives us consciousness gives us moral reasoning capabilities and all of that and kind of just makes us who we are got you wow that's interesting okay so it's kind of like, so the energy. So you said that the soul and the consciousness are the same. Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more about that. So I think that they are one and the same in the sense that I think it comes back to the whole "we are made in the image of God" type of thing. Okay. Because I think the image of God is the ability to reason and the ability to love. Mm. And I don't think the ability to love comes from anything physical in our bodies. I think oh. it comes from a spiritual place. Oh, I like that. Okay. Thank you. Sounded pretty romantic in my head. <laughs> um, and so I think that God obviously is love. That's something that I think is not debatable within the, the Christian uh, gamut of philosophy. I think pretty much every Christian agrees on that, at least. Mm-hmm. And so if the very essence of God is love, then God's image would be defined by love. 
And if we are made in the image of God, then we are blessed with the capability for almost that infinite God-like love that God so readily pours out on us. And I think that that is what the true essence of God's image is. Got you. Very interesting. Okay, I like and that. I think, and I think that that love is what powers our souls and what drives our conscious and unconscious minds. Got you. Okay, I like that. So, okay. Um, now that we kind of have a better idea of like what we think of our souls, Del, how? Okay, I'll just I'll just ask you straight up, Del. Okay. What happens to the soul when the body dies, in your current understanding? Okay. So, in my current understanding, there are a couple of things that could happen, depending on the life you've lived, and depending on the life you've lived. Well, well, not the life. Okay, depending on the life you lived, and the way you interacted with God, both. So. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of recordings biblically of people who died and went to heaven, people who didn't never died and went straight to heaven, and people who died and their soul was no more. And so I think those are the three things that can happen to your soul. Oh wow. Yeah, I think you can um it can separate from your body and go to heaven. It can remain with your body and go as one unit to heaven. Or it can remain when I think when your body this, it dies, your soul can re- become no more until God returns. And then that soul will be recreated. Now, I also think that there is an in-between space that we don't quite understand where our soul can be almost in a state of neither being alive nor dead. I think that place is when the soul separates from the body after death and it's not yet gone to God and it is still here on earth Kind Did of this just become a backdoor ghost podcast? <laughs> it is. I like where this is going. <laughs> so I do. I think a lot of ghosts that people see are demons. I don't think demons and ghosts are the same, mm-hmm. but I think that some ghosts that people see are ghosts, and I think that those are the souls that are still trying to resolve something and mm-hmm. still trying to work through something before they can go to their final destination. Um. And so that's my take on what happens to the soul. I don't think it's very often that it gets to go to heaven. I think typically it lays to rest. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's because it's being punished. I think a lot of people think that that's a punishment. Oh, okay. I, think, I was about to ask, like, why, what's, in your opinion, what separates um, someone, someone's soul resting here versus being translated to heaven versus their body being taken to heaven, a la, like, Moses or Elijah? That is a great question. And while I cannot answer it for certainty, I can tell you what I think. Yes, I, that's what this podcast is all about. Yes, opinions. So my opinion is, um, so I think sometimes when is when I think when a soul goes straight to God, it goes for a couple of reasons. It can go because God desires that person and their input into His master plan. But because even though He is God, and He knows all, and He is all you know wise and this great being, he still likes to hear feedback. And we know that because he asks us to give him feedback. He asks us to pray. He asks mm-hmm. us to talk to him. So we know he likes feedback. And I think when you develop a relationship with someone, because I think we forget that God is not only our friend, but we are also God's friend. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes he wants that friendship still, even when it's time for us to go and to die. He says, no, I actually, I still need you. And he takes them. Now, people who don't go to heaven when they die, that doesn't mean they're not as close to God. It just means that God didn't need their specific opinion in a time when they would have not been living. So, for example, so you think they join like almost like the heavenly council? Yes. And it's not because they're greater than we are. It's not for that reason at all. It's because their opinion is needed. Their specific opinion is needed in a time when they would not be living. Whereas other people have lived their life and finished their purpose and we are ready to rest. And I think that resting, the soul resting in a sense is almost a reward because we know that when Christ comes, we, we, we've read but that when Christ comes, there'll be a thousand years where we are separated from the earth and we spend that time healing because we're going to have gone through so much trauma and so much turmoil on this earth that we're going to need a mm-hmm. thousand years to heal. And 
um, okay, so I'm going to use like a real life example and it might be a bad yeah. example, but we're going to see how it goes. So I like two, two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, I was in a car accident and I got a concussion and, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize how bad it was the concussion until, um, cause my doctor was like, oh yeah, you're concussed, but like, don't worry about it. And, <laughs> oh, that that's worrisome. Very worrisome. He didn't give me like, there was no protocol, like no resting your eyes, no resting your head, just, you know. Hopefully it'll go away. It's been two years. I still hear ringing in my ears. I still, after I have an argument or an intense time of studying, my brain feels like it's rattling and um, I get migraines and it's been two years and they say it takes about three. At least that's what he told me. And so in those two years, at the end of the day, all I want to do is lay my head down and sleep with like complete silence. Like even like a fan on in the room drives my brain insane because that noise and I think our soul at the end of time will have reached a point where it needs rest. And so going to heaven immediately will actually exhaust that soul. That soul needs hmm. time to just decompress. So, so God has built in this soul rest for our own mental slash soul health. Exactly. So that, that is it, a beautiful image right there. Oh, thank you. Yes. When, when he raises us up, it will be refreshed and ready to go. So hmm. that's my take. I think that's super cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, thank you. What is your take? All right. So um, where I currently stand with souls and the afterlife. Um, so, okay. Tell me if you've heard this before, Del. And you might not have heard it before. Um, okay. We obviously, while we both grew up in Adventism, we both grew up with different versions of Adventism, mm-hmm. like everybody does. Um, but I heard at least three or four times Everybody who wants to be in heaven will be there. Oh, boy. Have you heard that? I have heard that. All right. And every time I heard that growing up, it was almost phrased in the form of a threat. Oh. Because in almost in like an exclusionary way. Because they're like, oh, yeah. Like, um, if you enjoy heavenly things and you'll be in heaven. And if you like playing video games and you're going to be in hell. Oh my, that's extreme. <laughs> yeah, pretty hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I went through periods of my childhood being like really scared of like, is, does anything I actually like reflect like a heavenly attitude? And would I just be bored in heaven? And if I were just going to be bored in heaven, then like my soul will probably just like fade away. Wow. Um. And I didn't think about this super often. I had a pretty bad childhood. And like, it's not like my parents like ever said anything like that. Um, but I did hear the sentiment um, in different circles growing up. And, um, but at the same time, I adopt that very same mentality, but I flip it on its head. Okay, go into that. Because I do believe firmly that um and afterlife exists and i don't think um you have anything to lose by believing in an afterlife um there's this obviously this old philosophy tale called pascal's wager where he was like yeah i mean if you believe in like this christian stuff then like you have nothing to lose because if you're wrong then you just lived a good life and you put good into the world which hopefully is what christians try to do um and I think that's pretty interesting. Um, it's floated around in Christian circles and sermons a lot. Um, but I think, I, I feel like I've said I think a lot in this episode, but I, I, I probably too. say I it a lot in every episode. <laughs> um, but I mean, hey, we're just trying to preface everything we say with, hey, this isn't gospel truth. Right. This is our opinion. Yes. And... I think that there is some truth to that, where if you um, believe in an afterlife, it's it, it's positive as long, and I will say at the end that I think there are negatives to believing in an afterlife, just because of people's mentality. But before I get to that, um, I do believe that everybody who would enjoy heaven will be there. Hmm. But I think that that includes hundreds of thousands of atheists heck yeah hundreds of thousands of anybody of any like faith 
or lack thereof, race, nationality, time period, doesn't matter. Um, I think that the idea of being Christ-like and in the image of God very much reflects upon people who maybe even in their life have said, yeah, I mean, I don't really believe in this Christian stuff. I think it's like harmful. Mm. Um, and I don't think it necessarily, I don't think it has anything to do with them living a quote unquote good life either. Cause that's just legalism and dumb. Okay. I think it truly is reflected in their spirit. Mm. And um, it's obviously ultimately God's decision to make about like, if anybody's ever excluded, there are universalist ideas where um, people, some people believe that all souls will be redeemed in the end, regardless of what they believe. And I think that's an interesting idea um, that, I, that I don't completely disagree with. I, I incorporate some of that into my beliefs with like the whole, like, if you would enjoy having you be there. But um, I also believe that um, if someone continually makes decisions that kind of um, block their, their soul from the light of God, then they would, A, not enjoy heaven very much because it's the complete antithesis to who they've become. And B, um, I don't think that they would be a positive, safe person to be around. Oh, okay. And I struggle with whether that would include a lot of people or just a few people. And I have no idea, honestly, mm -hmm. um, because I think that obviously there's no one sin that excludes, that excludes people from heaven. There are sins that as a human being, I judge much more harshly. And it's probably a good thing that I'm not uh, deified because I would be pretty harsh. Um, but I think that in terms of pure, what happens to the soul, I think, as I said before, souls are energy. And if... Um, it's we it's weird to talk about this without using legalistic language because I don't think of it that way. Mm, okay. Um, but if if you would be if you would be happy and healthy in heaven, then I believe that your soul will eventually end up there. Okay. Whether it's through like um, getting translated right after you die or translated when Jesus were to come again, or whether it's after a thousand years, I just think that it will end up there. Okay. I can um, and I don't, and I don't think it particularly matters to me when that happens mm -hmm. because um, I just don't think it matters. I think that as long as you are, um, as long as your life reflects God, it doesn't really matter. Okay. And like I said, there are plenty of atheists. I know that their lives reflect God. So I don't think that that uh, precludes them. I just think they probably had some incredibly traumatic experiences um, with religion. And they don't see any healthy way for them to remain in it. And I don't think that God condemns people for that. I just don't. Right. I agree with you. Um, and I respect you, but I um, agree with what you were saying about how it doesn't really matter if it goes straight to heaven or not, because the life we live alive is what ultimately determines um, the next stage of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, and I think you would probably agree with me, Del. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think either of us um, believe in some kind of eternal, like hellfire. No, definitely not. Because I think that that runs, run, it just runs counter to God. It does. It um, and I think character at all. And if at some point I want to do a podcast about like the top five things we still completely agree with in terms of our Adventist upbringings, because I mm -hmm. think with deconstructing, you have got to take both sides. You're like, okay, 
what do I want to keep? What do I want to throw away? Right. It's definitely. basically spring cleaning for your soul. Yes. Which I think is important no matter what an individual's belief, current, past, or present. One million percent. I said current, past, or present, but current and present the same thing. But you know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> we all got you. <laughs> and so with that in mind, I do believe in a form of annihilationism where if someone has like maybe quote unquote a blackened soul or a or a obscured from God's soul, then I think it just kind of ceases to be when they die. Okay. Um, And I think it's definitely very much of like a, like a mercy that God doesn't force them to like, Hey, um, you have to burn for a long, long time. Right. And I'm just going to kind of roast you over this fire for a while. See, like, that's the thing that frustrates me. I think about, um, about a lot of people's view on God is that that's not in his character like at all and Mm -hmm. a lot of opinions about what happens on earth even like like this like we won't delve into it this episode but like a simple thing like like topics we'll discuss in the future like gay marriage or like sex for marriage drinking stuff like that we assume God hates it but that's not in his character at all Mm -hmm. he don't hate people or they don't hate people you know, and he doesn't certainly certainly doesn't hate people for things like that. Like, oh my goodness, like, whew, or, oh, I'm gonna get heated. We have to have a whole episode on that kind of a thing. But it's <laughs> <laughs> like I said it once, and I'll say it again. Pretty much, a lot of what the Old Testament um, God was trying to do was just trying to get his people from stop to stop murdering each other and raping each other. Exactly, exactly. And like, hey, don't like, don't sell your children right (laughs) or like or like prostitute them out like that's what he was friggin talking about in terms of anything to do with like different sexual orientations exactly and i think we've taken a lot of what was said in the old testament which is a whole another debate as to whether or not that's even applicable but we can talk about that in another episode (laughs) i think people have taken oh there's so many future episodes so many we need we do have a list but we need to like oh my goodness add as we record because there's so many (laughs) right yeah oh my goodness but yeah another topic for another time (laughs) and within all this um i think there is room in my view for there to be like residual energy from someone's soul um if like a lot of like negativity or even positivity hmm. surrounded from their life and for there to be like impressions of them left over oh, yeah. and i do think that um there's a good chance that like a lot of like ghost stories are more like malevolent in nature whether that's mm-hmm. demons or not right um but i think that there's a lot of weird supernatural stuff that exists just physically on this planet that we can't really examine scientifically yeah definitely and i think that that baffles a lot of people the this the lack of science like what is it that someone was telling me the day that bumblebees like like according to their physics like they can't fly but like they do oh that's wild right like they're like technically like they're too heavy for their wings to lift because yeah, they got but tiny they little wings. Yeah, but they fly, and no one knows how, and we can't figure it out. It's almost as if they were designed that way. <laughs> well, and I think that, and uh, add this to the list, um, like creationism versus, like, uh, not even creationism versus evolutionism. Um, it's more just like. Um, like maybe even young earth versus old earth creationism because i think a lot of young earth creationists just think that like i mean if you believe in intelligent design then you have to believe that the earth was is only six thousand years old right and it's like hmm don't know about that one chief yeah i don't know where the six thousand year theory even came from to be honest um i think it's just because people people date back to I can't remember what the oldest I think some of the oldest like stuff from civilizations mentioned in the Bible is like 5,000 years old and then people kind of like trace the generations 
of like Noah back a thousand years before that. So they're like, oh, 6,000 years. That's when Adam and Eve were born. Mm. Um, but it's, the math is a little sketchy. Just a bit. <laughs> and uh, we'll, have, we'll have to talk about like the age of the earth at some point. Yeah, so we'll have to bring like one of those people on who knows about all of that too to discuss it with us. Oh, let's just let's just start recording a like a like a young earth creationist versus like a theistic evolutionist and just both leave and then leave them to argue it out. Oh yep, just hit record and walk out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like we'll we'll see y'all in three hours and then we'll record <laughs> and then we'll put it up. Oh genius. But anyway, okay. Um let's move on to the third act, as it were, of this podcast so we talked about the soul we talked about what we think happens to the soul with the afterlife Dell, what is the afterlife actually like oh great question because <laughs> yeah. that's that, that's like what we all wonder it's like if this afterlife is so great like why will i have a good time then? right yeah so the afterlife i think like growing up like i saw like a lot of pictures from like books about the afterlife and it was often like pictures like in a garden or like next to a waterfall or like in the woods and like all like this like naturey kind of thing and most is, of the people are white yeah and they're all white yes <laughs> yikes yikes um that's not at all what heaven is gonna be like i don't think and if the afterlife that that is what i think is the afterlife is heaven but i think what heaven is is just a place and i don't think like you can really visualize it because i don't think it's something we'll have ever experienced before and I think it's a place where just there is um, almost like a giant family reunion. That's just how mm-hmm. I picture it with just like, because like, okay, so like how I like to spend my time when I'm not working and not living life is just relaxing with family. And I think that's what a lot of what the afterlife will be is connecting and like dwelling just in the presence of God. And I think we don't really understand what the presence of God is. I think we assume like he is like a person that we have to like go be around. But I think that God is nope. a spirit. And he yep. is, yes, and he is um, able to be with us like multiple people all the time. And so I think that that's what the afterlife will be like. And I think it will feel like something we've never felt before emotionally. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, me too. Kind of, kind of like going back to like, we were talking about a while ago i think it was a polygamy episode about like how cultures have different emotions than we do right um think about that times a million because Mm. i want to just i want to take what you said and make it a thousand times more extreme because um anybody who's listening take everything you think you know about heaven and think you know about how god operates or looks like or feels I can tell you, you have absolutely no impression of how any of that will go because it's at such a high like level of reality that no biblical writer could even describe it properly. Because like the best ways that they could describe things were human. Because um, think about how they describe like angels and like the quote-unquote living creatures they're like oh yeah they're like it's kind of like a lion but with like a bunch of eyes all over it and there were wheels everywhere and i'm like well first of all it sounds horrifying why would i want to go there that is scary um but they when i think it was specifically isaiah when he had this vision of heaven he did not want to leave and i'm like why would you not want to get out of like get out of a place where all these weird aliens are hanging out. Like that sounds odd, um, but it's because what he saw there was so indescribable and so incredible that he couldn't even tell you the emotions he was feeling. They were so they were so foreign yet so natural because obviously we have that that God spark within us, right? And it's the same way with God. Like, God is both the most intangible thing in the universe, but also the most tangible. Because God 
um, I believe, I think it's, um, I think it's Psalms where it's like, uh, God is before all things and in them, all things hold together. Oh, wow. I like that. Like between every atom, there is, there exists God holding those atoms together. Right. And I kind of like, you know, like those pictures you see of like Samson, like pushing the boulders, not the boulders, the pillars. Yeah. I kind of imagine that in reverse with like God in between each atom holding them together. And like just that the universe is permeated with that level of love. Mm. Wow. And that's kind of more what I think about when I think of God as opposed to like, hey, it's this uh, white dude with a beard and he sits on a chair. <laughs> And uh, he loves us. Mm-hmm. That's cool. He's got a son who's Jewish. Um, but yeah, um, I think that I think that we are obviously programmed by God to experience things and to explore and to discover and to invent and to awaken to different things throughout our lives and I think that will be I think that will be on display a thousandfold in the afterlife because I think that we will still be recognizable whether that's physically or spiritually to each other Um, and I think that we will still retain our humanity whatever that is I don't know how God defines that but we will retain it and in doing so, God will, um, I think a lot of what people think about when they think of heaven is like, oh yeah, God's going to strip away the parts of us that are evil and whatever's left will be what's in heaven. That's, that's kind of how I've thought about it sometimes in my life. And it's a scary thought because like, oh, what's God going to take away from me? Right. Like, will, will I be left? Will all right. of me be left? And I think that that is the opposite way you should be thinking about it, because if anything, God is removing restrictions from us. Like he is, if human beings right now are limited in what we can do, but what happens when someone goes into like our very like coded like DNA and removes certain restrictions? To where, hey, we don't die anymore. Mm. And we have the ability to travel wherever we want. And to experience like the limitless beauty of like the cosmos. And that is what I think the afterlife is like. It's unlimited exploration. It's unlimited like basking in the love of both God and each other. And it's the opposite of stagnation. I think we will, we're not going to stop learning when we get to to heaven. The learning will increase by like a million times. And we will have, God will will release these limitations on us to where we can take in all that information and process it and not have like these imperfect, like, um physical brains anymore like we will be we will be a hundred percent of what we were designed to be at least that's that's my thoughts what are your thoughts though i, I kind of ranted for a while no i love that i love the concept that we will be like who we were originally supposed to be and i think that like sometimes especially like working with people in mental health I've worked in mental health for a couple of years now and I'm working in it I've seen a lot of people who are like I think they, I think they've reached a point like a lot of their illness is because they are struggling with who they are and not liking who they are and I think that that bit of us not liking who we are is the bit that we're not supposed to be and I think that eliminating that eliminating that will help um, us to reach this state of I guess heavenliness and mm. I don't think that we can reach it on earth, but we can reach like a 
steak that's similar to it where we can almost have like that feeling of of we're home even if we're not quite mm. yet and I, I know like in the past year or so I've had moments and I, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life <laughs> dude <laughs> honestly same yeah. awesome that's so wonderful I love hearing like that. You, like we both absolutely deserve it we do we do and everybody deserves it yeah but I will be at this uh I'll be at this place and um my mental state it's a good place and I'll have this like feeling come over me and it lasts for maybe three seconds and the only thing I can like think to think that it think to say it feels like is nostalgic but I've never Hmm. like experienced like it's not like I'm like like it's a feeling I've had when I was a kid or yeah. a feeling I had like last year and something like that, nothing like that. It's like, it's something I feel like I'm supposed to feel all the time, but I don't. And I think that feeling is the feeling that I will feel all the time in heaven. And Ooh. I know. And I, every time I feel it, I'm like, Oh my goodness, like there it is. And I like hang on to it. Like I'll just stop whatever I'm doing and I'll just feel it until it's gone. And then I'm just like, I have to go back and feel it again someday. Like it has to happen again someday. And it's happened maybe six times in the past year. And I wonder if the older I get and the closer I get to, I guess, happiness and joy, the more I'll feel that until I reach heaven. And maybe I'll feel that all the time. Or maybe I'll feel that amplified, you know? Can I offer a possible word or a couple of words to... um objectively what, what's it called when you when you um scientifically like put a word on something to describe it i can't remember what it is from a psychology standpoint I have no operationally idea. defined that's right operation operationally, go for it. Yes. hit me go for it what you are experiencing is heavenly deja vu he- oh i like that heavenly deja vu oh i have a question because because I, uh, before you ask yeah um that question i i do agree with you that like there are moments like magical supernatural moments in our lives where there's a little bit of like a dimensional crack where we can feel heaven yes and feel god in like a more a real visceral way and i think that that's just your version of that i think everybody has a different version of like how they experience the divine and the ultimate goodness. And I think that's really amazing. I'm glad I'm glad you shared that with all of us. I think you're right. I think you're right. So let me ask you this, Curtis. Looking at the soul in the afterlife, and we don't have to delve into it super deep if you would want to spend time on it another time, but just a brief answer. Do you think the soul originated from heaven, or do you think it originated on earth oh that's a good question isn't it oh that is that is an incredible question (laughs) um because in psalms and i think that with psalms and like a lot of like the more like poetic books in the bible you got to be like okay how much of this is literal how much of this was just david being sad (laughs) um but there's a, there's a text where it's, it's either Psalms or Proverbs where God's like, um, before you were knitted into the womb, I knew you. Hmm. And that's a tough question because I think that it can go either way because if say, for example, reincarnation exists now, reincarnation kind of scares me as a concept because um, it, it derives from a specific philosophy where like the ultimate goal is to kind of like achieve nirvana and like escape the cycle of reincarnation and kind of like be absorbed into like this ultimate tra- tranquility. Mm-hmm. But to me, that sounds boring. So I don't like it. Gotcha. Um, doesn't mean that the religion is invalid or that I think ill of anybody who believes it. I think that's fantastic for you. Um, but Regardless, um, we don't know what happened before we achieved consciousness even. Like my earliest memory is from like, oh, I think when I turned three, which is I guess a little bit earlier than most people. Um, but then again, some people have earlier memory. Um, but there is a re- there's some kind of reason why 
we are engineered to not recollect, obviously, the traumatic process of birth. Nobody wants to remember that. Because, I mean, literally, your lungs are filled with fluid, and then they're not, and then you have to learn to breathe. And I'm guessing that's really painful. But before that, does our consciousness exist? Mm. And I think that kind of like trying to be consistent with what I said earlier, I think that that are, I think the pieces to make up our consciousness um, kind of, kind of exist, but separately, wherein like, when we hit like, I don't know, two, three, four years old, when we start like, actually like thinking and remembering, then kind of, it all comes together and kind of vibes with the breath of life that we were given. And that's when like the conscious mind is born. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Del? Do you think that the, that our souls exist prior to us being born? And do you think God created them? Or do you think that um, they're kind of put into us by God after the fact? Okay, so this is what I think. I think the soul originates in God's mind. I think he Ooh. creates it in his mind. And then he, it comes from his mind into his spirit form. And he sits with it in his place of being. And he talks to it. He gets acquainted with it and he becomes friends with it. And then he assigns it to a body. And that it goes from him to that body hmm. and so a lot of people have discussed having memories of um because okay so even though we don't episodically remember our births we do implicitly remember our births and we remember the emotions and feelings which is why people with traumatic births often have like, like an attachment issues with their parents and no one can oh, understand this why I, this i did not know oh yeah so i just read a book on it actually and it's it's so what it is is it's, it's an implicit it's an emotional memory is what it is really mm. it's this implicit i don't know why i feel this way but something happened to me and so a lot of times kids who and babies who have a traumatic birth experience or a very young experience like even as like an infant they will develop feelings and emotions and they cannot figure out where they came from but they have a memory that was made of that emotion and sometimes they've been like there's different kinds of therapy that can go back and you look at your memories and they'll find these memories mm -hmm. and or else sometimes like a mom will say oh actually this happened during your birth this happened when you were two weeks old that kind of a thing i've seen it firsthand i've talked to somebody who that happened with them and it's absolutely fascinating but um going back to the soul i think that's why some people will say they have this like distinct like connection almost to the spiritual world they feel like they have like this connection to god this desire to know god i think mm -hmm. it's because at one point in time they did know god before they were Ooh, born they had that conversation like that. with him right and they were friends with god yeah and so they're born and now they're on earth and they don't know where this 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 feeling is from but it's an implicit memory of that conversation they had with god and they desire that over and over again until they finally find it again in god and sometimes people don't but I think that's why that's there. So that is a really cool way to think about it. Yeah. But if you want to learn more about implicit memories from birth, there's a book called by um, Milan and Kay. And their last name is, I think, Yurkovich, but I could be wrong. It's kind of hard to say. And <laughs> it's called How We Love. And it's How We Love. How I love We Love. I recommend, it it to, I recommend it to all my clients. It is so good. But yeah, that's Man, my two cents. This this has been an excellent afterlife conversation. It really like has. it's. I feel like I never expect like these like big weighty topics to be like intimate feeling, mm -hmm. but this felt like a really intimate like look into like almost like our worldviews into how we operate as humans. It did. Yeah, I can see that too. And like 
how God, regardless of what you think about the afterlife, and regardless of how you think it'll all end, um, God has immeasurable love for everybody. Yes, definitely. Whether you call out their name or not, mm-hmm. God absolutely loves you. And I think that that's something important that we should drive home. Yes, for sure. And Dell, did you have any other questions? I think that right there was my like grand finale kind of a question. So I don't think so. Do you? No, I, I really like, I really like how um, we concluded with like the final like oh, so like how how did the soul originate with the afterlife, and are we present in the afterlife before birth? I think that's a really right. interesting question that I definitely want to meditate on more. Yes, yes. I, I've, I've always had that. Im- okay, so I lost someone very close to me um, when they were very, very young. And mm-hmm. I always wondered if their soul knew God. And then I wrote a story, I think it was for a college paper, about their soul before they were born meeting God. And that's kind of where mm-hmm. that, that thought came from. And then I learned about implicit memories and all of that stuff. And that kind of like added to my theory. Do you strongly feel that God has been leading you to this belief. I do. I do. I really Because it, it, it feels like even through like this Zoom call, I can feel like almost the 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 journey that God's like taking you through on this. And like it's it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think he has been leading me here. I'm not sure. Sometimes I wonder if God allows us or leads us to believe things that maybe aren't true, but maybe they need to be true for a certain person or in order for them to find God. And Mm. so I um, I definitely feel like he's led me to this specific belief. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, uh, we will be back next week with mm. some unknown topic that is some to be determined. Unknown topic, yes. I'm excited. Could, I have it like a whole list from this episode. I'm going to add to our episode list bank yes. of what we should talk about. Do it. Yes. But signing off, I am Curtis Cooper. And I am Delaney. Stay loose. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this has been deconstructing. Oh, yeah, this has been deconstructing. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us and continue to stay loose.